We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either you're first or you're last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Four seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to lead. World champions. NFL champions for the third straight year. Four. Lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yeah. What are they going to rule it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Richard Rodgers! Walk-off touchdown! The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Welcome to a new episode of Talk of the Tundra. I am Jordan Tresky here, solo, riding solo. Um, I'm unfortunately not uh, joined by Numak. Um, rumor has it he had uh, one of Mama DeVito's famous chicken cutlets and came down with some food poisoning. So we wish Numak well as he is bedridden and hopefully gets gains his strength, gets gets healthier for in time for a, a tasty matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for week 15 of this NFL season. Um, yes, yeah, so this is the preview pod for this this much-awaited Packers-Buccaneers uh, showdown at Lambeau Field. Obviously, the Packers are coming off a very deflating loss to the New York Giants on a short week on Monday Night Football. Um, we'll be eager to put their best foot forward against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are first in the NFC South. Um, so yeah, we're it's a much different matchup than uh, we probably even realized coming into the game, um, you know, mere days before it than it looked like even a month ago for both teams, really Packers obviously coming, you know, starting to figure things out last week, notwithstanding and the Buccaneers, <laughs> Taking over the reins for a truly abysmal NFC South division that should be relegated from the NFL. But I digress. Um, we have some business to take care of first. Uh, 
Gotta look back at the week that was, even though I unfortunately don't want to after the Packers lost to the Giants. Uh, we got to hand out our cheeses. Um, a tough week, certainly not the cheese-filled week of against the Chiefs, against the Lions. It's a lot tougher this time around. So we do have some candidates. I rounded them up myself. I will have full reign of this cheese board. I. So if anybody has any objections to it, email me at 123FakeStreet. Um, first cheese board candidate, Jaden Reed. Four carries, 38 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, eight receptions on 10 targets, 27 receiving yards, PFF grade was 56.6, not really great, but as we'll get into the offense, did not really grade out per pro football focus. Um, That's just Jaden Reed's output. Second candidate, Tucker Kraft, four catches on four targets, 64 receiving yards, PFF grade of 76.4, one of the higher performing uh, offensive players this week. Third candidate, Devontae Wyatt, four tackles, all solo. Tackle for loss, five pressures, a PFF grade of 89.7. It was the highest grade of any Packers player this week. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty, says it, (laughs) very self-explanatory in that sense. Um, Patrick Taylor, our fourth candidate, four carries, 30 rushing yards, two catches on two targets, 22 receiving yards, 77.9 PFF grade. That might come in handy considering what the Packers are walking to into this week. And our final cheese board candidate, AJ Dillon, 15 carries for 53 rushing yards, two catches on three targets and 25 receiving yards, a 66.1 PFF grade. Not the best that I'm sure there might be some people wondering why Jordan Love is not on this list. I think it's very self or pretty evidence that even though his stat line looks a lot more um a lot a lot better than how it had been in previous losses uh his struggles quarters one through three it just kind of i think didn't really make him in in this radar um again it's a tough tough week for <laughs> to hand out any cheeses much less three but Three cheeses must be handed out. I will go... The first cheese, I'm going to go Jaden Reed. Again, he was really the engine to the Packers' offense, much to their just may sometimes, just with the over-reliance of, you know, tricky gadget plays, reverses that didn't go anywhere. But, again, I thought the overall idea of getting Jaden Reed touches especially without their number one wide receiver in Christian Watson, was the sound strategy. It just, the execution was not there. But we'll take a touchdown, keep it going with a very strong rookie season from the Michigan State product. Um, second cheese, I'm going to look to the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go Devontae Wyatt. Very good game from him. Probably the best game that he's had all season. Um it's unfortunate that came in a game where the Packers let up uh, over 200 yards on the ground. A lot of them coming from, yes, Mr. Tommy DeVito himself. I can't get his name out of my brain. 
Um, but I'm I'm very was very pleased with Devontae Wyatt's game in the moment, and even more so after the fact, given you know looking at PFF grades and stuff to kind of <laughs> try to wash away the scent of a terrible, terrible Packers loss. Um, the third one is gonna be a tough one. You got Tucker Craft, Patrick Taylor, AJ Dillon. But I'm going to go to the tight end. I'm going to go Tucker Craft, four catches on four targets, 64 receiving yards. I thought he was really, really good. He just keeps getting better and better. Um, his tweet game in particular keeps getting better and better. He's got the mind of a warrior, um, clearly. And uh, to play football, you obviously have to have that. <laughs> um, so those are your cheeses for this week. That is Jaden Reed, Devontae Wyatt, and Tucker Craft. Congratulations to all. Um, some news and notes from this week. The Packers released cornerback Caillou Blue Kelly after he had just played five snaps this year. Um, and the Packers claimed him on waivers from the Seahawks just a month ago. Packers signed rookie undrafted wide receiver Thyric Pitts. To the practice squad and released linebacker Austin Ajek. Uh, apologies on the almost certain mispronunciation of <laughs> Mr. O- Mr. Austin's name. Um, this is why what happens when you ride solo on Tot Tot side Tot solo pod. Um, yeah, those are just a couple moves. Well, maybe there are more roster moves on the horizon ahead of this Tampa Bay game. Um, it's certainly not looking great with the amount of injuries that just keep going on and on for this Packers game or Packers team rather. And Thursday, I'm recording Thursday night, big, big bombshell that AJ Dillon has broken his thumb. Apparently it occurred on the last series of the Packers giants game, last offensive series. Um, he has not practiced at all this week. Um, talked about it with reporters, and there's a lot of just, what is he going to do? Can he carry the ball with one functioning hand? Which hand is it? What is he going to do? Is he going to use a cast? It, this is, it's not great. It's not great to have your uh, number one run, running back this year go down with a broken thumb injury just as we're hitting the final stretch. Packers are vying for a playoff berth. Um, I, <laughs> it was quite the gut punch. And I mean, there's more, we'll get into the injury report as, after this, but yeah, the AJ Dillon news in it, itself was just very, very deflating. And I, I am so sick of Packers injuries. Please let's stop it. Stop it for, stop it for once. Um, full injury report right here. Jair Alexander still has that shoulder injury. He was a limited participant on for both practices Wednesday and Thursday. AJ Dillon, as I mentioned before, did not participate. Kingsley Anagbari, he's got a toe injury, was limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Lone Jenkins was limited Wednesday, did not participate Thursday with a shoulder injury. Aaron Jones, to perk people back up. His knee injury obviously was week to week the last couple of weeks. Limited participant this week and has been a little bit more confident that he will be able to suit up on, on Sunday. And at this point, you got to kind of, 
by default. Like, I, I don't know. We'll get into whether this is setting up for the classic Aaron Jones decoy case of, yeah, he sees some snaps, but how really integrated is he into the offense if he sees any touches, snaps in that way? The Again, the running back room is really depleted now if we're talking about A.J. Dillon being – he's certainly hampered. Is he inactive? What is that going to be? It's There's just a lot of plates spinning in the air, and you can't do that when you have a broken thumb, clearly. Um, Keyshawn Nixon, quadricep injury, limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Jonathan Owens, knee injury, limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Jaden Reed, ankle injury, both limited Wednesday and Thursday. Should note – there was chatter about him being in concussion protocol after the Packers-Giants game. He's not on the injury report with a concussion. That is, uh, again, another kind of, we'll take the victories when we can get it with the Packers injuries right now. Um, Darnell Savage did not participate both Wednesday and Thursday with the shoulder injury. Not great. Um, TJ Slayton, quadricep injury, limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Eric Stokes, Eric Stokes, we'll get him to it more, but he, with his hamstring injury, was a full participant both Wednesday and Thursday. Quape Walker, shoulder injury, has missed the last couple of games. Hit in and out of the lineup, at least for you know some stretches of the season. Did not participate Wednesday, but was upgraded to limited participant on Thursday. Christian Watson, hamstring injury, obviously was out last week. Left the Chiefs game um, late in the fourth quarter. Did not participate either Wednesday or Thursday. Not great there. Dontavian Wicks, his ankle injury, which, again, Chatter, he himself said that he screwed, <laughs> sprayed it really badly. Um, paraphrasing and, and, and uh, you know, glossing it up for, keep this clean. We need a good clean podcast every once in a while. Um, his ankle injury prevented him from per, uh, practicing on Wednesday, but was a limited participant on Thursday. So, the outlook is looking a little shinier for him to at least suit up and maybe see the field for some snaps on Sunday. Long Packers list, long Packers injury report as we've grown accustomed to seeing. Um, let's go to Tampa Bay's Carlton Davis, cornerback, groin injury, did not participate either Wednesday or Thursday. Jamel Dean, ankle foot injury, was a limited participant on Wednesday, but was a full participant on Thursday. A uh, huge stretch of did not participate did not participate between Will Golston, Chris Godwin. That might be very interesting to talk about later. Ryan Neal, safety. Zach Triner, their long snapper. His he's got an elbow injury. Did not participate. That's going to be you need an elbow in, to snap the ball. That's what I've been told. Vita Vea with a toe injury. Did not participate either Wednesday or Thursday. Devin White, the really good linebacker for the Buccaneers, has a foot injury, did not participate Wednesday, but was upgraded to a full participant on Thursday. Um, That is the Buccaneers. That is a a lot more encouraging injury report from their perspective. Um, I wish we had the same. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, let's, let's, let's really dig into the Packers Buccaneers matchup. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This will be the 56th regular season meeting. Sorry, 57th regular season meeting between the Packers and Buccaneers lifetime. Packers, Packers, Packers are 20 and 8 when hosting the Buccaneers at Lambeau Field during regular season matchups. I will have to mention this regrettably, and I will do so without tearing my eyes out of their sockets. The last time the Buccaneers came to uh, Lambeau was, of course, the 2021 NFC Championship game where the Buccaneers advanced to the Super Bowl. Scotty Miller, Kevin King, you know, we know all of that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' last chance to or the farthest that Aaron Rodgers made it to trying to get back to the Super Bowl as a Packer. Um, and yeah, that w- we will try to forget that snowy memory um, as soon as possible, as soon as I finish the sentence. Um, Packers enter week 15 with a six and seven record. They have a plus 13 point differential. They will always teeter that line and go against, <laughs> go above the even point differential and obviously are still standing in the final wild card spot. Tampa Bay, as I mentioned at the top of the broadcast, broadcast, I'm very professional. Six and seven have a negative eight point differential and stand atop of the terrible NFC South. I'm just going to go into the teams and the stats that the Buccaneers are better than right now. Buccaneers are in a three-way tie for the division crown in the NFC South. They're obviously atop of it right now. Falcons are also six and seven with a negative 18 point differential. The saints are six and seven with a plus 24 point differential. And the Panthers are one and 12 with a negative 144 point differential. We will see the Panthers next week, but yeah, that is the NFC South this year, ladies and gentlemen. And it's not great. Not great at all. Um, Let's go into points of emphasis. This is kind of a tough <laughs> game to forecast, given that the Packers are currently without a their only healthy running back on the roster right now is Patrick Taylor. They obviously signed Kenyon Drake last week. Kenyon Drake, I don't even believe. Saw any snaps. I'm going through PFF data right now. I don't think he saw any snaps against the um, 
the Giants. I would be very shocked if he did. Yeah, no no snaps for Kenyon Drake. Um, the A.J. Dillon news today was, again, I mentioned it. It was, it was just like, it, it just happened out of nowhere. Nothing was really mentioned about it. All of a sudden, it was just, Matt LaFleur is asked at the podium about A.J. Dillon. He's trying to play a coy with his thumb injury. A.J. Dillon immediately <laughs> pulled back the curtain, saw the curtain just fall on the floor and just said, yeah, I have a broken thumb. So what does that look like on game days going forward? We have four games left to finish out this season, possibly to even make it to the playoffs. I have as good of an idea as any of you listening to this right now that A.J. Dillon might play. He might not play. What does he look like? Does he have like this weird (laughs) cast that maybe they put a prosthetic hand on so he could hold on to a ball? That would probably, if I was a coach, if I was a Packers trainer right now, I would propose that idea and might be immediately fired. But it's still an idea that would be worth pursuing because, you know, one good hand and one prosthetic hand is better than one good hand and one bad hand that's covered up by an arm cast. But that's just me. Um, yeah, I, the AJ Dillon news just really, really tough. It puts even more of an emphasis on to see Aaron Jones available. Again, I would not be even confident that we see a lot of Aaron Jones to begin with, but the threat of Aaron Jones just opens the idea that, hey, maybe he's going to be on here for a couple snaps. Maybe he's going to be out here for a couple drives. I think we see a healthy running back by committee kind of thing. It's not what I would like to see for Jordan Love, especially after a a game where he really struggled against the Giants. He's facing a a Tampa Bay team that is equally aggressive in, in getting after the quarterback. They will blitz like crazy. They I'm bringing up right now, per pro football reference, the Buccaneers have a 38.3 blitz percentage. That is third in the NFL behind the Giants and the Vikings. So Jordan Love coming off of a game where he played against the Giants, who ranked second in this specific stack category, will go against the third-ranked Buccaneers in the stack category after facing the chiefs who ranked six in the stack category. And then in two weeks, we'll play the Vikings who rank first in this category. So Jordan love is be really being tested down the stretch. Um, he had the answers for it a couple of weeks ago against Kansas city against Detroit, even though they don't pressure as much or go after the quarterback with more um, pass rushers. But this Buccaneers defense is We've seen it before in various iterations. It's not the same Super Bowl, you know, vaunted defense that gave Aaron Rodgers problems in that NFC Championship game a couple years ago. Even, you know, that that regular season game last year where, you know, that was just a terrible, <laughs> terrible game in terms of um, – uh, both offenses looking good. Patrick O'Donnell, that was easily his best performance as a Packers punter in his one year as a Packers punter. Um, yeah, I, I I will be very interested to see how Jordan Love <clears throat> bounces back. There's no Christian Watson. A.J. Dillon's hurt. 
Aaron Jones might not play, but as we as I keep mentioning, how much he plays is ultimately the bigger question at this point. If he does, um, what does his supporting cast look like? Is Dontavion Wicks healthy enough to play? Same for Jaden Reed. Tucker Craft, can you keep building on your um, kind of late season breakout as he, after taking over for Luke Musgrave with a lacerated kidney, not a normal injury, even for football standards. Um, I don't know. There's a, that's a lot of questions, a lot of questions. I'm, I, that it feeds into this kind of an, a queasy feeling I have with this Buccaneers game, even at home, even with, you know, kind of momentum on the Packers side last week, notwithstanding. So, yeah, this is not great in terms of what Jordan Love will have available, how Matt LeFleur kind of game plans this game based on who he has available. I mean, he's going to have to go to the bottom <laughs> or the deep recesses of his playbook to to really pull out a, a sensible game plan with the, the players that he has available because we're talking about a lot of more snaps from Lee Keith. Jaden Reed is looking healthy. I'm sure we'll see a lot of him, you know, whether it's downfield or doing a lot of the gadget plays that I'm sure Tampa will be keen in on even more after last week. Um, it's it's not it's not great. I I yeah, it's not great right now for the Packers offense, and hopefully some relief comes soon. Um, we're gonna flip over to the other side of the ball. Tampa Bay is kind of a weird team because. Baker Mayfield's not this. I think when they signed him this offseason, coming out of the Tom Brady era, they drafted Kyle Trask as a, you know, I believe like a third rounder. I could be mistaken. I'm fact checking myself as I talk. Um, the second round pick, actually, after winning the Super Bowl a couple years ago, kind of felt like this, you know, this is the kind of quarterback that will turn to. Um, post Tom Brady as this kind of, I don't know, middling, you're, you're in transition clearly. And Baker Mayfield, I mean, he has his faults. He's bounced around from team to team the last couple of years, but it looks like he's really settling in for as being a very productive quarterback again. And obviously it helps having, uh, uh, I would say a future hall of famer and Mike Williams, Mike Williams, Mike Evans, <laughs> pardon me. Um, yeah. Mike Evans is, is the guy, go-to guy for this Buccaneers offense. He's as good as he has been for the last, I don't know, 10 years since he basically entered the, entered the NFL. Um, and he's really carrying the load for this Buccaneers offense that has been middle of the road, but can certainly generate explosive plays. The kind of plays that the Packers, uh, you know, with a, a very young secondary um, could, you know, give up uh, on on Sunday. And I, Mike Evans could really make mincemeat of Carrington Valentine, Corey Valentine. We saw both of those guys struggle against lesser receivers in the Giants. Wando Robinson had a really good game. And it just, you know, Tommy DeVito's, Going from Tommy DeVito to Baker Mayfield in terms of the passing department is certainly a leg up in favor of Tampa Bay. And the, to see the passing defense, see what Tommy DeVito did in terms of just getting the ball to the receivers, going in four incompletions on the game, 
that's not what you want to see. That's you don't want to see that. <laughs> you don't want to see it in the first place, but you don't want to see that to a lesser quarterback like Tommy DeVito. That's where we're, we could see the limits of, again, as I mentioned, post-game, post-Packers-Giants game, not having a lot of rotation in the secondary, not seeing a lot. You know, Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine have really taken on all the snaps in the secondary, uh, at least on the boundary. Um, and, I, you know, you got to level up <laughs> to certainly what they had uh, played last game. Mike Evans currently has 43% of the Buccaneers' targeted air yards this year. He's one of 11 wide receivers to eclipse over 1,000 receiving yards this season. He's second in the league with 10 touchdowns, which is half of Baker Mayfield's uh, 20 touchdowns this year. Yeah, that he's 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 really good. Um, it makes all of the kind of intrigue of what he will be or what will be of his status, what will be of his future in Tampa Bay after the offseason, especially after kind of what seemed like acrimonious extension talks before the year. You know, he's certainly playing his way into a, a good late, mid to late career payday and. You know, if he hits free agency, he will probably have a lot of suitors come his way. But for right now, Mike Evans is doing his work, his job in Tampa Bay. And I think Baker Mayfield, Todd Bowles, Dave Canales, that is the Buccaneers offense coordinator. I think they're very eager to exploit this young secondary. And yeah, much more will be expected of Valentine and Valentine to kind of do what they can to keep Evans out of the end zone for one, but more often just kind of keep any looks that come his way, do minimal damage that way. I, I think that especially after last week, you can't have just a sloppy defensive play. Um, it's, it's good that Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay is really keyed in on their hall of fame wide receiver because their running game is not up to par. Obviously after moving on from, you know, the likes of Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. I don't know if it was last year, but he was kind of a promising running back that they moved on from um, during the Tom Brady era. And they uh, moved to Rashad White, who is having a decent year. I mean, from a Packers perspective, we would welcome 745 rushing yards and seven touchdowns, but um, he's obviously in Tampa Bay colors. But, Tampa Bay's rushing offense is the has the fourth fewest rushing yards in the NFL. They don't do great on the ground. Um, it's kind of similar to, in my mind, the the Vikings this year. I think it's very similar to Alexander Madison, where Rashad White is this kind of you know more slight scat backy kind of guy that he honestly might be more explosive in the packing passing game, and that. To me, that's where my radar is at of, okay, maybe you can take away the run against him, but do not let him get loose on screen passes or kind of plays that extend and he breaks free of run blocks or does kind of things to masquerade or disguise that he's pass protecting and then, you know, splits free. And it's stuff like that, that, you know, death by a thousand cuts kind of thing that we have seen the Packers give up to Tampa Bay in previous years. Um, but you know, that, that's where it could really, could really hurt the Packers, especially if Chris Godwin is a DMP 
um, or even just inactive coming into Sunday because obviously, you know, did not practice all week. Tampa Bay is going to want any kind of explosive um, players on the field that can, can get this offense going and leave Lambo with a win. Um, that's kind of the, the biggest things that I saw going into this and obviously doing a little bit more truncated uh, points of emphasis here. But yeah, this I, I think it's a very interesting comparison between these two teams and where they're at. Obviously, they have the same record. They're vying for playoff berths. One for division crown, one for likely the wild card, but we'll see if Detroit can kind of get out of their own skid. Um, yeah, I'm. It's it's not great that the Packers are this banged up, and we have so many questions about their offensive, you know, uh, skill players, because that is really the biggest question mark. Because Jordan Love can do a lot of things; he has shown to be capable of doing a lot of things. He's not going to do. He's this is not going to be the, maximizing Jordan Love if he doesn't have even seventy five percent of his best players out on the field or best uh, colleagues out on the field with between his wide receivers and running backs. And you know what does that do? What does that do moving forward for the Packers if they don't have AJ Dillon? If Aaron Jones does play, but is you know the decoy version. What does the wide receiver room look like between Wicks, Reed, Heath, Romeo Dobbs? I'm looking at you. I would love to see a big, big game from him. It's it's not great. It's not great. I, I'm just going to keep repeating myself, but um, it, I was looking forward to this game a lot more than before early in the week, even before the Packers lost the Giants. But now it's kind of have the feel of of wanting just to get out alive. <laughs> that is kind of where I'm at right now. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. So, I'm going to do this by myself. This is, it's still, it's kind of weird. But we're going to do players to watch. I think Tampa Bay, number one, I want to go with Baker Mayfield. Didn't really talk about him all that much. Um, but it is important to keep in mind Lambeau Field has been a house of horrors for Baker Mayfield, has played at Lambeau the last two seasons, has played terribly one <laughs> in both games. Uh, first year, um, or in 2021, with the Cleveland Browns, one of his last games with the Browns, played on Christmas, threw four picks, got sacked five times, 
threw for 222 yards, two touchdowns. Packers just demolished the Browns on that on that Christmas game. Came back last year with the Rams after getting, I believe, released by the Panthers after an offseason trade to the Panthers. God bless you, Matt Rule. Um, came back to Lambeau last year, was 12 for 21, 111 passing yards. That is almost comical to say out loud. Uh, both a touchdown and an interception, and again, was sacked for five times. Um yeah, this is not he this is not his <laughs> his uh best place to play. Um it certainly will not be as cold. I don't be- let's look at the forecast uh folks. I I'm, I'm putting on my weather jacket. I think everybody wears a weather jacket. Sunday in Green Bay. This is according to weather.com. This is where we're at in a solo tot pod. Um Actually, here we go. 41 degrees overcast. Winds west at 5 to 10 miles per hour. That is a lot different than the, the December weather that Baker Mayfield has seen the last couple of years. Does that help him? I don't know. I try to be a weatherman to, to really be, um, you know, official, but I'm not a weatherman, folks. I'm sorry. Um but no, the the forecast. If this is a, a more balmier day than we anticipated for a, a December game at Lambeau, maybe that helps Baker Mayfield kind of get more comfortable. Again, certainly he is he's keyed in on the Mike Evans connection this year. Um, so as much as I want to go with Mike Evans, I want to go Baker Mayfield. I want to go Baker Mayfield. He's going to be my Tampa Bay player to watch. I think he's had a very improved season. He obviously has his faults. Um, this pat or this sorry, Buccaneers offensive line has been really good at protecting him. That is also key to his success this year and his you know improved play and and settling into Tampa Bay, uh, formerly Tampa Bay. And yeah, I think if again it's going to come down to can the Packers regain their pass rush because Lord knows they do not put it against Tommy Tommy DeVito. Um, I, I would like to see, I would like to see more sacks. I would like to see a better pass rush. I would like to see more relentlessness from the likes of Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, a little bit more Lucas Van Ness, maybe JJ Nagbari. I call him Kingsley before I apologize. Um, I, you know, just seeing the, that cast of pass rushers that the Packers have hopefully kind of combined powers and try to disrupt you know, Baker Mayfield's ability to get the ball out quickly and, you know, not let this Buccaneers offense kind of get comfortable early on because that will be a big barometer on what will be accomplished um, or won't be accomplished on Sunday. Um, Green Bay Packers player to watch. Now, this is really hard because I look at that injury report and, folks, need I remind you, it's pretty long. Um, I believe last week, I, last week I picked Preston Smith. I wanted to go Jordan Love. Probably should have gone Jordan Love, considering that he had a, a really bad <laughs> game by his growing standards. Um, gosh, actually, you know, what? let's go. I'm going to go Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs. This is. I don't want to say it's a make or break. It. it I don't want to over dramatize something that shouldn't be dramatic to begin with. I'm not Colin Cowherd, lest people keep making that connection i'm sorry 
Um, but I just would like to see a little bit more from Romeo Dobbs. Last week, four catches for on seven targets for 32 yards. It's just, you know, he can come in and out of games. He's in, like, it's not necessarily about whether Love is throwing his way. Can he kind of separate from a really good Buccaneers secondary? I, I think, actually, I forgot to even mention Antoine Winfield, the guy that haunts my dreams for three years running. This guy, he can easily wreak havoc on this Packers Packers team with, I think he has four sacks on the year. Probably one of the best safeties in the league. Yeah, he's he's he won't be guarding Romeo Dobbs exclusively, but that is the kind of guy that you know if he do- if they throw doubles at Romeo Dobbs and force other guys to make plays, I would. I don't know if that would help the Packers. I don't think it would help them. <laughs> Not to or quickly correct myself, but um, I I just. For, from Romeo Dobbs' perspective, I would like to see more consistency, more production. Yeah, it would probably be great to see him get in the end zone against a very staunch uh, Buccaneers red zone defense that doesn't let up a lot in that regard. Um, yeah, I just I think there's just always something kind of – you want more from Romeo Dobbs that he's not providing, and we're going to – probably keep talking about this until we're blue in the face, but it's just not all there. And I don't know how to kind of deem it Um, to go to circle back to the Buccaneers red zone defense. They are 18 for 43 um, in their red zone defense, giving up 41.9% of scores in the red zone. That is the fourth best mark of the, of any team this year. That's behind the Falcons Ravens and surprisingly the Titans. Um, but we're not talking about the Titans today. Um, so yeah, Romeo Dobbs, I would just like to see a little bit more from you, a little bit more consistency. If Christian Watson is already, I mean, no practice, probably it's pretty much in the cards that he's not going to play. Jaden Reed has had a couple injuries banged up over the course of the season. Romeo Dobbs has been, or thankfully Romeo Dobbs has been able to avoid the injury report. But, yeah, I just want to see a little bit more from him. If, this could be a game where, you know, you don't have your best skill players available. Why not have your set number two wide, wide out coming into the season? Jaden Reed probably has already eclipsed him in that regard. But why not have a Romeo Dobbs kind of breaking breakout game just to steady the ship, just to give something to Jordan Love that, you know, has been here for flashes and gone the next kind of thing. So those are players to watch. And now we get to the drum roll, please. I will not drum roll for, uh, you know, the sake of your ears, uh, dear listeners, but score predictions. Um, I have to share that I will be at this game. So I'm really hoping the Packers win because I have never seen the Packers lose when I've gone to Lambeau Field. I'm just saying that right now. This is not a broadcaster's jinx. I've never seen the Packers lose at Lambeau Field. And I don't think I will after Sunday afternoon. But I'm not confident that this will be a very high-scoring affair. I think this is going to be a really grimy game between two teams. Again, very similar in how they profile. Um, It's going to be one of those games where I think 
you're going to turnovers are definitely going to determine the outcome of the game. That is the most obvious piece of football analysis, Jordan. But um, I'm just saying very bluntly, I, I could be very, I could be on the NFL and CBS with that kind of analysis. Turnovers will determine the outcome of this football game. But um, I, I think any of those breaks in turnovers, it, it, it's about capitalizing on them. And if the Packers are able to, you know, gain um, or make good on those turnovers, which has been a hit or miss proposition in the in the rare instances where they've been able to generate turnovers, that will be huge for this Packers team. Um, score prediction: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Packers twenty one. Buccaneers seventeen. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I'm gonna do. So yeah, let's hope we, you know, around three thirty, game's over. Hopefully, we all take a big sigh or big breath, sigh of relief. The Packers win and go seven and seven on the year and continue their playoff late season playoff push. And yeah, and to see more from this Packers team that obviously dropped the ball last week in in against the Giants and hopefully kind of regain their form um, at home at Lambeau Field. So this is, you know, I, I'm I'm judging this in real time. You'll have to let me know if you like these solo pods. I, again, it's a victim of circumstances. I hope Numak is feeling good. He's feeling refreshed. He got that chicken cutlet out of his system. Curse you, Mama DeVito. And um yeah, I let's let's hope for a, a Packers victory. Um this has been Talk of the Tundra. You can check out our other GSPN offerings like the Bucks feed, the year between Eurostep and Win and Six. Um Ty Windish and I combine forces for a win and six crossover. Or, sorry, Eurostep win and six crossover after the Bucks victory over the Indiana Pacers in which Giannis Antetokounmpo broke a single game scoring record for the franchise with 64 points and Rick Carlisle give Giannis's dear ball back um win in 6 win in 6 the podcast that I co-host with Adam McGee we are celebrating our 400th episode Yes, 400 episodes, and we did it. Do I do I share it? At this time, you're probably – I'm finishing up this podcast, and if you don't listen to Winning Six, I will I, – I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm probably not going to even find out. But I would encourage you to listen to Winning Six after I finish up this podcast in, in mere moments. Um, we introduce our Bucks Ring of Honor. Uh, the Bucks themselves as a franchise – do lack in the history department or celebrate their history. Obviously they have a lot to celebrate in this current golden era, but when it comes to the bucks of eons past of, of heroes that have really put this franchise all together and made it as successful as it has been, especially in the early years, the, the I will say this on top of Mount Everest, not, not that I will see the top of Mount Everest in my lifetime, but I will proclaim that is the best origin story in all the professional sports. Um, we introduced our Bucks Ring of Honor. We were, I was very inspired 
I. We were very inspired by the Chicago Bulls introducing their Ring of Honor. And I it's something I I, I wish all NBA franchises, obviously the Bucks, um, would introduce. And again, I will plead to any Bucks person listening to this that will happily quit my job to become a full-time Bucks historian. I'm pushing making this push. It makes me look desperate, but I don't care. I'm a 31-year-old man. But yeah, that was that was our four, win in six 400th episode. I hope everybody enjoys it. I we really enjoyed um, doing it, and hope to do more rings Ring of Honor ceremonies. Um, if you all receive it very well, um, cruising for a bruise, and just put out a new episode today. Now I feel really like Newmock, where I have to look for these episodes and what they're doing because I'm a busy man. It's not it's not easy to get to all these podcasts as much as I want to. Um, uh, the latest episode of Cruising for the for Bruising graded the Brewers relief pitchers for the 2023 season. Um, you can find that on any platform podcast platform of choice. I don't want to uh, forget make time for this. The latest make time for this episode as I Google. Um, <laughs> uh, the latest episode for make time for this was also um, as it was last. Uh, time around it was celebrating the comedic genius of albert brooks and his feature films i recently watched this is me interjecting i recently watched lost america um albert brooks i believe 1985 film really enjoyed it it was exactly what i was looking for on a friday night kind of lighthearted, really funny but just kind of it, it's a 90 minute <laughs> really funny movie and yeah, if you, if anybody's looking for it, I believe it's on Max, uh, formerly HBO Max, not to give any free ads. But yeah, this is a very long close to a, a podcast that is surprisingly 45 minutes. I talked to myself for 45 minutes. I will never do that again. I hope you all enjoyed the solo Talk of the Tundra and um, Newmark feel better to all Packer fans out there. Let's hope for a Packers win and we'll come to, come to you Sunday nights with hopefully some good Packers things to talk about. See you all, everybody. an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 